0: Our Gospel reading for this day comes to us from the ninth chapter of St. John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. that the crowd brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked, again, asked him again uh, how he had received his sight. And the blind man said to them that he put mud on my eyes and I have washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, that how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. So they again said to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you imagine losing your sight? I mean, just imagine with me for a moment that you indeed found yourself going blind. So what would you miss the most? What things would you go ahead and simply yearn and desire to have back? What would be those things that you simply in this time find yourself just looking back upon of all of the things that you missed? There so would it be that smile of a spouse or a loved one, a grandchild? There so would it be the very beauty of the sunset or sunrise or some other part of creation? Is so there what things would you love to be able to see, to take in, to experience? So that indeed, we find ourselves coming into the life of a man who found himself never yearning or looking back upon, for he had never seen, had never known, had never experienced what sight and what beauty this world could behold. That ever since he was born is that this world was darkness. This world indeed was one that was filled with all of the things of the uncertainty and the challenges and the difficulties of life in a world that you cannot see. That this isn't a matter of moving from one who is independent and able to do to then being able to never do those things again. That he has never known them at all. Is that we step into his very life today, where the unexpected happens and the truly miraculous takes place as indeed Jesus now steps into his life. For we find it's in those unexpected places where God's grace shines most. That his very love, his very grace can sometimes shine the brightest is right there in the darkness of our pain and in our times of need. And yet this man... For all of his hardships and all of his difficulties, still he must endure one more group of passers-by who do not know him or do not understand him, or indeed who no longer even understand what it is to be able to have no sight but can hear just perfectly fine. For this group that now passes him by like so many others before, treat him not as one, to be cared for or loved, but to simply be one who, judged, who is judged and talked about, another one. To simply look down upon him of something of a little debate. See, how do we enter our reading? That the, there was a blind man from birth. And as they passed by, his disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. They did not look with compassion. They did not look with care. They did not look as a man who indeed needed care and respect. No, they saw him simply as a little theological discussion. I don't know, maybe like a 15 to 18 minute theological monologue as they talked about that whole understanding of that problem of sin that problem of suffering, that cause and that very fault of who sees. See, they found themselves stepping into this very place where they did not know or understand, but they were ready to judge and to speak. There was never a question of whether someone sinned. It was just a question of who sinned that caused this man's pain. For they saw that very suffering as one that could have only come from someone doing something wrong. That how many others did the disciples passed by on those crowded Jerusalem streets and did not see them as people there to be loved, but simply as those there to be talked about or judged or looked down upon? that I think that Jesus addresses this very thing in another place in Scripture. Is What does Jesus begin to say to those very gathered around him on another time? That there indeed was a priest that was going down that very same road, and when he saw that man who was injured and beaten by those robbers, that that priest passed by on the other side. And indeed, the Levite, the priest's assistant, came by later, and he too passed by on the other sides. And finally came a Samaritan. And when he came to where the man was, he saw him and had compassion on him. But how did Jesus conclude that teaching? Is that which of these three do you think had who proved to be that neighbor uh, to the one who fell among the robbers. And the man responded, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. Indeed, Jesus calls us to be those who have compassion, care, mercy, mercy, and see people not as simply those to be talked about, but we see, see those people as the very ones for care and compassion and the very ones who are in need. That not it interesting that as Jesus begins, that what does he begin to respond? That we must be doing the works that God has sent me for. Where's the we in this one? That Jesus calls not just his own disciples, but he calls his church through his scriptures to be about those who in the darkness of this life are those who are there for those people in need. That we are called to be those who see others as those in need. So how does Jesus step into this man's life? How does he now enter this man who had experienced so much pain, so much problem, so much difficulty of the past? That Jesus brings health and healing. He brings light and life. He brings to him great joy and promise. And yet what do we see right after? That he goes from the disciples and others looking down upon him to all sorts of others who are just finding themselves to be simply personally affronted, that this man would be healed. Four times do they keep coming over and over and over again asking, How did you get healed? (laughs) Are you truly the blind man that everyone knew sat here? Not only do they doubt him and distrust him, but all that they wanted to know was not how he went from being able to not see to see, but simply how did it happen? How did it take place? Nowhere did they ever ask who did this, that who accomplished this very thing. All they wanted to latch on was how. And are you truly the one? That again and again that he is assaulted and affronted, he is insulted and finally simply cast out and thrown out. See, this account of Jesus healing this blind man is not just one of physical healing. That Jesus comes to talk to us today about how do we see. That how do we interpret this world and how do we interpret what is going on in our lives and what is going on in others' lives as well. Where has God called us to see? See, I want you to go ahead and think about this with me. That if we can go ahead and have our picture here up on the slide, does anyone know what this is? See, now I don't know. I just think that people who grew up in the '90s were just really super cool people. Is that just you know all of those things? I I don't know. Is that, I don't know how many of you guys remember that big push in the 90s. There was just book upon book of these things. Is that, I know you're probably looking at that and it's like, Pastor, that is just, some, am I supposed to like interpret something here? Am I supposed to guess? Is this like an inkblot test or something? Is that, how many know what one of these things are? Is that, let's have that next slide. That magic eye, does anyone remember those books? They looked like simply just a bunch of blobs and blurbs and blurs and everything else. But if you stared at that page for long enough, that if you looked indeed at that thing that looked like nothing, all of a sudden, an image would appear, something to be seen and behold, and indeed that there was something there that at first you never saw. Now how many are willing to admit that they probably never saw them? (laughs) Is that there were some that were just like, I don't care how long I stare at this, I'm not seeing anything. That that's the very picture that we have today in John chapter 9. That some see. While others are simply blinded to the very thing that is going on right in front of their face, the Pharisees are so concerned and so upset of the fact that Jesus made mud on a Sabbath day to heal this man. That they are so upset and so worried about what will happen. If the people begin to follow this so-called Jesus, if all of these things happen, they are so worried about what they see in the cards for them and others, or how this very one had sinned against the Lord. That they didn't see the very miracle right in front of them. That how do we see this world? That as we look out into this world, into our lives and others, is that do we find ourselves seeing the very things that God is doing deeper in our lives? Or do we see the suffering and the pain and we can ask, where in the world is God in all of this? Or do we see those very moments where we look into the lives of others and simply see that how could God at all be at work among them? The fact is is that those who are so-called see the very ones who were not just outsiders, those who simply said that there's no way that this could be. No, these were the insiders, the people who should have known and should have believed, but instead they said, we will not see. And yet what do we see with this blind man? What does Jesus do with a man who had never known him and never heard him, who indeed found himself in the darkness and despair and the worry and fear of life, that everyone looked down, that there is no way that God is concerned with someone like that. Just pay attention to the very way in which this man is slowly but surely convinced of who Jesus is. And who's the very ones that convince him, those who are so dead set on convincing that Jesus isn't this very person, that when they first come and ask him, who did this, that he simply responds, a man named Jesus. (laughs) Nothing special, no one special but when they begin to debate and discuss who could possibly do this and how could God work this is that all of a sudden they come and they ask him, what do you say? And he says that he is a prophet, that he has been argued into the case of saying that if he could heal me, he must be like one, like Elijah or Elisha from long ago. And as the debate goes on, that he now begins to proclaim and profess that he is a man of God. That this Jesus, this one who had come and entered his life, was not just a prophet, not just a miracle worker, but one sent from God himself. And when he is kicked out and booted out and simply sent away by all others, what do we see? that we see Jesus searching him out, looking for him like that good shepherd seeks those lost sheep. And what does Jesus now ask? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now this man may have once been blind, and after he had been healed, Indeed, he did not see Jesus, for Jesus had simply snuck back out into the crowd. But there was one thing that this blind man knew for sure. He knew the voice of the one who had healed him. And so as Jesus now asks him this question that he asks, and who is he, sir, that I may believe? that Jesus proclaims to him that you have seen him. I love how Jesus just (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. You have already seen him and you see him now, for you trusted his word, that you went and you washed and you were healed, and now as you see me now, that he says, is that come and see who it is. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And indeed, he worshipped him that day. That I don't know where in your life you're having a hard time seeing God at work. That I don't know where you find yourself struggling to make sense of life. But as Christ comes and seeks and searches you out, may you hear and respond to that very same invitation as he calls you to hear and to see the very promises that he has, that he is the one who loves you enough to seek you out, the one who loves you enough to go to that cross, the one who will see you through that pain, and the one who will bring you to himself, that there you may enjoy with him forever. The very bliss of time in, in eternity with Him and all who have believed in Him. May we go forth today in that peace and that very promise. Amen.